0: experiential reality of embracing that god is your sense of well-being so that contentment is basically sufficient satisfaction in the soul
1: Hmm. welcome to biblical counseling in action i'm steve viers and this is a podcast that addresses questions like how do these principles penetrate every facet of local church ministry what does it look like when biblical counseling starts to impact the youth ministry or our ladies Bible studies or our men's ministries or the way leaders function together or the way decisions are made in the church. And what does it look like in the lives of everyday church members who have been trained or maybe who have been counseled, but now they're continuing to live out these principles in everyday life. That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to Biblical Counseling in Action. Today we're talking to Dr. Nicholas Allen, and you know, I've had the privilege of meeting just a number of men and women who have been just such a delight to me and a delight to my family, a delight to our church, and that was really one of the unexpected blessings going into this kind of ministry. If you had told me when I was graduating from Bible college, here's the kind of just godly, rich, delightful individuals, you're going to have the privilege of knowing. I would have just been shocked. And so, Nicholas, I certainly put you and your dear wife, Vanessa, in that category. It's just an unexpected blessing from the Lord. And so, thank you for joining us. And you know, it really is amazing to me as I've just watched women and men in this movement, how many different ministry hats people can wear. I'll tell you right now, when it comes to people in the BC movement, they're not lazy people. And that's true of you as well. And so, Dr. Ellen, could you just start by telling us what are the various ways you're serving God, just to help our listeners understand who is this fine gentleman that sure. we're talking
0: to? Well, first of all, thanks, brother. Appreciate the compliments. I love them when they come. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take them when I can get them. Uh, well, God has given me the privilege of being a senior professor of a college where I do biblical counseling. Hmm. I'm also a co-director of a Master of Arts and Biblical Counseling Program with Central Baptist Theological Seminary. I do some adjunct professor teaching for Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Also, I'm missing a school. It's coming. I was doing some work for Bob Jones Mm -hmm. for a little while, Mm -hmm. and there's one more school that's missing. But, oh, I see. I do some overseas instruction counseling with them as well. And I have my own counseling training center where I work with churches that want to kind of get involved. And every now and again, I do pastor a church <laughs> called Community of Faith Bible Church. So, those are the different hats that I have right now.
1: So, the responsibility with the School of Minneapolis Central Yes, is that relatively new, or did I just
0: miss that? It is new. We started about maybe a year and a half ago. Okay. And fully accredited Master of Arts in Biblical Counseling. Mm-hmm. And it's all on Zoom. That's the thing I like about it. So, Isn't I'm that's in something? my home in Houston. I've got people in Africa, Canada, and all over the world. And I'm counseling them or training them in biblical counseling for Mm -hmm. a master's degree. It's exciting.
1: That is exciting. And before we talk about just the issue of suffering, which is what we're going to be discussing today, I think it'd really be interesting to our listeners just to learn how did a man like Nicholas Ellen get interested in and involved in biblical counseling? So can you tell us a bit of the story?
0: Sure. It was back, I was uh, 23, 24. And just started teaching at a Bible college, the one that I mentioned. I've been there now maybe 27 years. And a guy was doing biblical counseling. I said, you know, I want to know what you know. His name was Rich Thompson. He used to be on campus on grounds with John MacArthur back in the early 80s. Really? Moved to Houston and started pastoring and had this wonderful biblical counseling training. Hmm. And I said, I want to know it. Hmm. And so he would sit and we'd go to his table and he would show me formulas, show me scripture processes and practices. Hmm. I loved it. Wow! And I just kept eating it up, and at the time I just finished Dallas Seminary and was teaching there, and it was incredible. And I said, I want more. Hmm. And so we went through his entire training, and he taught me how to study mental disorders and how to study it through the Scripture, how to debunk all the physiological things that were inconsistent, all the psychological. I mean, he just blew my mind. And then from there, I went to a Shepherd's Conference. I ran into Doctor Stuart Scott, Mm Doctor John Street, Wayne Mack, and he said, "Well." do you want to do more counseling training? I said, yes, sir, I do. He says, why don't you come to the master's? Hmm. I said, well, sir, I would love to, but I just finished the master's. I don't want another master's. I want to go forward. He says, listen, if you want to get a higher degree, you go get that. But if you want some real biblical counseling, you come here. (laughs) I was like, wow. Yeah. So I ended up at master's. (laughs) Isn't that something? And from that point on, i just been training with those guys and Then ran into you, and you guys have been a blessing to my soul, man. Hmm. It's been wonderful.
1: That is incredible how the Lord just stitches together all sorts of different leaders, all sorts of different emphases. And I didn't know a lot of that about your story. So thank you for taking the time to talk to us. You have a special passion about this issue of just the relationship between contentment and suffering.
0: Can you unpack those ideas for us? One of the things that I've learned, I've been working through Philippians 4, Hmm. and when Paul said, I've learned. Yeah. And I think the part that got me was that I learned, hmm. and I recognized he wasn't talking an intellectual exercise of just roaming through insights,
1: hmm.
0: but experiential connection to God being his sense of well-being. Hmm. So my life, I've had a lot of struggles with, we've had three deaths close to us in the last two years. I'm sorry to hear that. And thanks. Hmm. And challenges with just growing through a church, being a small church and building it. Hmm. All the things that comes with that. And so for a while, my sense of well-being and my identity was tied to those things. Hmm. And God had to teach me through that, your well-being can no longer be tied to people and circumstances. Hmm. And so over the years of just researching that passage, Mm -hmm. I've learned, which is the experiential reality of embracing that God is your sense of well-being. So that contentment is basically sufficient satisfaction in the soul Hmm. apart from people and circumstances. Yeah that I did not have and too much of my life emotionally up and down because of what was happening or not happening what was going on and the more I looked at that passage and the more God began to show me my well-being was too attached to people and the outcome of situations Hmm. so he broke me yep and I started experiencing the peace of God apart from things going well that's very interesting and that taught me more, and I start recognizing, okay, my well-being, I'm okay whether these things happen or not. So all the suffering that I've been encountering and then recognizing that God was the God of comfort and looking at the different ways I was suffering, I had to think about it, honestly. Hmm. Was I suffering because of sin? The answer was yes. Was I suffering because of Satan? The answer was yes. Was I suffering because of sanctification? The answer was yes. You know, And all those things, and I start recognizing some of my suffering, confess, repent. Some of my suffering is because it was the process of growing through as I was going through. Hmm. You know, some of it was because as God was getting closer, Satan was getting closer. Yeah, that's right. That's (laughs) right. And I had to to weave through all of that. And so what I've done through the years of trying to identify those things, help others to see it, to say, Mm -hmm. okay, are you suffering because of Satan, sanctification, sin? Hmm. You know, what's happening here? And let's figure out how to work that through. But most of all, let's not focus so much on the resolution of the problem. Let's focus on the foundation of your fellowship with God Hmm. and how that can come together. So Hmm. those have been some of the things I've been working through personally that I'm trying to help others grow through in the sanctification process, if Hmm. that makes sense.
1: So do you have some sort of a spiritual discipline habit that allows you to slow down? You know, we're all so busy. And yet what you just described takes time. It takes focus. So how do you figure that out in a busy
0: life? I've got about 30 minutes to an hour before I do anything in the morning. Hmm. And I try to take about 30, 40 minutes at night. Hmm. And I will ask myself questions like this. What did you want that you didn't receive? Hmm. What did you receive you didn't want? (laughs) Yeah. And then I would ask, okay, how well did you adjust your desires today to fit the situation? Hmm. And where I didn't, I would say, Lord, forgive me, because I was angry. I was worried. I didn't adjust to your sovereign boundaries you set today. Hmm. And then where I did, I would say, Lord, thank you that today I was able to adjust my desires to you. So spend time daily processing that Mm -hmm. and owning up where I've messed up. Hmm. And then where I can't see you know, I've got my support as my wife, and then I've got some friends that I really trust. You have three or four of those that you <laughs> allow in your world. Yep. I mean, I know a lot of people, but there's three yep. or four people that can get into me and tell me, brother, you were just flat out wrong.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I,
0: I know what they saw, but let me just tell you. Yep. And So between that, I get with them maybe once every three or four weeks, but that's kind of my daily thing of just processing. What did you want that you didn't receive? What did you receive you didn't want? Hmm. And did you adjust your desires to fit the sovereignty of the situation that God's in control of? Hmm. And that helps me. Yeah. And where I fall short, again, i stop making excuses now. I make confessions. Yep. That's powerful. That has been freeing me so much, Steve. It's amazing what God is doing through that, just on the practical side of my life. Hmm.
1: How often do you see this come up in counseling, <sighs> this
0: particular paradigm between suffering and contentment? A lot. Yeah. Because most people want relief. Mm-hmm. And they don't recognize that God wants their transformation. Yep. And I would say, man, I would like to think that my counseling is going to bring relief, but I think it may make it worse because what you want and what God wants, there's a clash.
1: That's interesting.
0: The God of your imagination, the God of reality are coming down to your crisis. Hmm. And the God of reality wants you to grow through this. You just want to get over it. Hmm. Yeah, but here's oh, the peace you can have. You know, <laughs> that's so true.
1: Yeah, for sure. Are there passages of scripture other than what you mentioned in Philippians four that you found to be helpful?
0: I did. Second Corinthians one, mm-hmm. verses one to verses four, really helped me, where it talks about God being the God of comfort, and that in our afflictions we can have comfort from Him. That one helps yep. me tremendously. That's right. Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things to mm-hmm. work together for good. That reminds me. Every single day, this is about my character development, hmm. and that no matter how bad it is, God is up to something good. It's not necessarily the good I want,
1: hmm.
0: it's the good I need, yeah. and it's my character being better. Yeah.
1: How about any books? Have you found any books that you use either for yourself or for
0: counselees
1: that you would recommend?
0: There's a book by Randy Alcorn in particular, If God is Good. Hmm. And it's a very thick one, but he goes through the whole idea of suffering and evil and God's agenda behind it, that has been the most helpful book to me.
1: That's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of that book before. Oh,
0: brother, you got to get it. Well, thank you for mentioning it. (laughs) Sermons will come out of that, Mm -hmm. my friend.
1: My (laughs) challenge is at my age, I look at the stack of books I haven't read yet. I'm not sure how many more I want to put on that stack, but um, I hadn't heard of that book before, and I wonder if those who are listening today might say, wow, that was a great recommendation, so thank you for making that. You got it, brother. Yeah. What about just other projects that you're working on? What's going on in your life that we can either know about or we can pray about?
0: I've got two in particular that I really need you guys to pray on. Our church is a small church, and we get excited because we have our first initial real building.
1: Oh, good. And good.
0: so we're turning this office building into a church building. Mm-hmm. And you know, with any change, there's always challenges with contractors, architects, and all that. Kind no, of stuff. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> so we are working through some things, and so and those costs that you didn't see coming—they yeah. come all the time. Uh-huh. So we are at a sixty thousand dollar situation. I think it's going to be fine, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I still ask, I still ask people to pray. Yeah, and I think we're going to work that through. It's so that's a project, and I think by the end of the year our church would be ready to receive more people. We're in a neighborhood that's changing. It used to be 100% African-American, mm-hmm. and now it is changing and growing to be a kind of a mixed neighborhood. But
1: mixture in what way, Nicholas? It
0: is uh, Hispanic, a little bit of Anglo now coming in, hmm. uh, a little bit of Asian, so it's starting to mix a little, and it's down the street from our college, University of Houston.
1: That's interesting that that's changing in that way.
0: I think University of Houston had a lot to do with it as they're buying property and students from all over the world are coming there. Mm -hmm. It's starting to just kind of impact that area. But it's still, I call we're in purgatory. If you turn to the left, you'll be in hell. (laughs) You turn to the right, you'll be in heaven. I mean, just a few blocks. So we're right there in the middle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, in purgatory. That is funny. That is funny. And so, for our listeners, Nicholas is joking. All yes, right? please. Guys, I, we we yeah, don't yeah, need that one tweeted out, right? <laughs> yes, like, please, everyone. it was a joke, all right? <laughs> oh, but I, that's a really cool way of you just describing your neighborhood to yeah. us and yeah. the changes. And I appreciate you mentioning the financial need. That's certainly a reason and a way for us to pray. So will this be the church's first permanent
0: building? First permanent building. We have been in hotels. One of the most exciting places, we were in a shopping mall. They gave us the square footage, and as it was starting to grow, the management didn't like it, and so they said, you're too loud, you yep. have to leave. And I'm yep. thinking, we're too loud in the mall. But anyway, that's, a, that's <laughs> I <know>. story. <laughs> so the last few years, we've been at the Bible College where I teach, and uh-huh. they gave us access. When COVID hit, they shut all the buildings down, and we went to primarily online. Yep. That put us in a bind, and so we've been trying to find a place to dwell since then, and we finally got a place that we could— be ours, basically. Yeah. So. so how
1: has COVID impacted you all, and where are you now?
0: Man, we have still, believe it or not, been meeting online with our major services, and we go from house to house for fellowships and things of that nature.
1: Hmm.
0: And it's been difficult because we're trying to find or trying to find a building. And because, unfortunately, in the Houston area, many churches haven't done well by real estate, real estate agents and real estate property, they're very hesitant to give a church yeah. property or lease. And so yep. we had to basically prove ourselves that we would do what we said we would do. And then mm-hmm. they finally opened up this opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. So between house to house and online, that's been our thing for the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And we are ready to get back full-fledged. Do you have any yeah. feeling for when that might be? Our hope, given what we've discovered, we think is going to be like the 1st of January. I see. So we're still kind of back and forth between now. Now, the guy tells us he could maybe get it done at the end of November. Mm -hmm. But even if he does, we'll do like a soft opening for us as a church Mm -hmm. and then really promote in the neighborhood late December, early January and start trying to reach out, do some community outreach. We already met with some of the businesses trying to figure out how we can connect. They want a health fair. Mm-hmm. They want us to give away some turkey. So we'll try to do that. And as we give away turkey, give away Jesus at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> do you think you'll be able to use biblical counseling as a means of oh, growing the church in that area? My goodness, absolutely. It's how our church has even gotten connected. Mm-hmm. And I think even as we have our counseling center that's ready to roll. It's going to be open to the community hmm. so that's going to be one of the foundational things that we use
1: and you just think about you know what you were just saying regarding suffering to be able to get that biblical message of how jesus christ can help us endure and even prosper during a time of suffering
0: yes. into the neighborhood where god has called you that's very very exciting we are so excited about that because that is our bailiwick i mean my wife and i That's how we've been trained. And so my ministry is based on biblical counseling. Hmm. Even most of my preaching and teaching, somehow counseling elements are there. So. That's going to be a natural thing for us to do, or I should say supernatural. <laughs>
1: Amen. Amen. That's going to be exciting, Nicholas. I look forward to hearing more about just how the Lord blesses you in the days ahead. I'm really, really glad. Thank you. And I hope our listeners will pray for that too. Is there any other way that we can pray for you or any of the projects you got going on that we could yes, talk about? Yes.
0: I'm so excited. With Central Baptist Theological Seminary, they've given me the freedom to develop a biblical counseling theological book. Hmm. And so right now, we're trying to pull everybody in that we can, and the biblical counseling arena that I trust, mm-hmm. <laughs> to pull the book together. And so right now, we've got some people coming with us, and then we've got some faculty professors at Central to do our theology, Man, Sin, Salvation, Sanctification, Ecclesiology aspect. And then I'm pulling guys that are here to help me write mm-hmm. some of those things like suffering what is it the evangelism and biblical counseling discipleship biblical counseling crisis counseling addictions and looking at all these different areas and we're just trying to pull it together to mm-hmm. build it and so we're hoping by 2024 it's out I'm trying to give guys a year to write mm-hmm. and to pull it together so that's a project I'm working with right now that I'm really excited about so who's going to publish that well crest publications mm-hmm. and I think I don't know if you guys know Rick Crest but he has his own publication company he's done things like habits of the heart I think that book mm. I'm not sure. He published that book and a few other books out there. And so he's one of those smaller biblical counseling publishing companies, but Mm. up and coming. And so we're excited about that.
1: Well, great, great. Well, Nicholas, thanks a lot for giving us the time. I'm so glad for your friendship. So glad that the Lord called you to himself, but also called you to ministry in the biblical counseling movement. We're a lot better, a lot Uh, better because of you and your dear wife, Vanessa. We wish you the very best as you continue
0: to serve him. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
1: You can check out more about our ministry at faithlafayette.org. Or if you're interested in receiving biblical counseling training, go to faithlafayette.org slash conferences. You can find these presentations wherever you normally access your podcasts, and you could really help us just to get the word out by telling your friends on social media that these presentations are going to be available. Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast honors the Lord and is a blessing to you.